Welcome. Thank you for visiting Booth 61. I am Ricky Steele, and I passionately serve as the Chief Development Officer for Hunter Technical Resources, Atlanta's premier IT staffing firm. And if you don't believe it, just ask me. We have a very exciting show for you today, and we're going to jump right in. But first, I must introduce our producer, Mr. Kevin Finn. Uh, Kevin is a master at the control board. I've watched him for weeks and weeks. But he's also an accomplished host and actually hosts a number of shows on Business Radio X. So Kevin may jump into the conversation at some point today. But Kevin, thank you very much for being here again. Thanks for having me, Ricky. I enjoy it every week. We always have some fun together. Uh, Today's show is going to set really the foundation for what Booth 61 will be this week and for as long as the show is actually on the air. See, we're interested in building community here and knowing that the rising tide will lift all the boats. I think the Atlanta technology community is a very giving community, and I think it's somewhat our southern nature, but also I think it's the leadership that drives that. And we have some of those leaders in the room today, and I'm just very tickled and honored that they would take the time to be with us. Uh, today we've got two organizations and their leaders, and, uh, and we're going to spend a little time talking about both and then hopefully do some questions and answers. We have the Atlanta CEO Council, and we also have GCLA, which is the Georgia CIO Leadership Association. And we're going to begin just alphabetically talking with the Atlanta CEO Council, and we'll transition over to GCLA in a few minutes and uh, have a chance to maybe do some round robin. But today, uh, representing the Atlanta CEO Council is its chairman, a gentleman that needs no introduction to the Atlanta community, Mr. Sig Mosley. Sig is just a great guy and someone I've known for a long time, and the executive director, Harriet Hollis. I have known both of these folks for, for a considerable amount of time. I've known Sig since, I guess, the um, probably the mid-1990s. And those that know Sig and me and how old we are, we can probably call this first, sec- first section Tales from the Crypt. <laughs> <laughs> Sig is like Madonna and Elvis. He needs no last names. <laughs> there is no last name for Sig. It's just you say Sig, and it answers all the questions right there at the spot. So... Uh, Anyway, Sig, since I've already built you up so much, let me start with the first question to you, and then we'll spend some time with Harriet. You really are one of the pioneers of this industry. You've been around since the beginning, the MSA days, which was kind of foundationally where a lot of the technology started in our community. And then once you and Mr. Emily left there, Mr. Emily and you created the Emily Investments, and you were really the first major angel investor in the community. And so many companies came about because of your believing in them, and uh, we've seen great success after great success. You're involved at the state in creating the new uh, Angel Fund. You're involved in CEO Council and GCLA and so many different things. Why? I, I just want to get the, the story behind the story. You, you, do the, you go above and beyond. I want you to tell me about that, Sig. Well, Ricky, we just want to give back to the community. We enjoy the community. We love the community. The community has been good to MSA. It was good to us in the early days of the 70s and the 80s into the 90s. And so when we sold MSA, we chose to give back to the community in two ways. We created the MOA Foundation. And then we wanted to give back to the entrepreneurial community, and the best way to do that was to do angel investing. So between 1990 and 2010, we did 120 investments and, uh, and helped create and work on a number of organizations, anywhere from the CEO council to TAG to TechBridge to any other number of these uh, 
Entrepreneurs Foundation of the Southeast, and I just enjoy working with young entrepreneurs, helping them build an organization and build companies, and then let them give back to the community as well. Well, it's been um, wonderful to be able to see and observe this, and those that are newer in our community uh, really should dig into this a little bit more and, and kind of see the breadth and the depth of everything that SIG and, uh, and certainly uh, Mr. Emily have, have done in our community. Uh, Harriet Hollis. Uh, Harriet is a, a great individual, someone that I have known for a while. Uh, she is, you know, i got a communications and strategy background. She has um, been in corporate. She's also been in the uh, not-for-profit world. But best of all, is that she is a University of Georgia graduate. <laughs> hunker down, Harry Dog, hunker down. I, I can remember telling my father, it's amazing to be in the stadium and hear all of those people go, woo, woo, woo. <laughs> amen. That's almost like amen to me. Uh-huh. Harriet, tell me a little bit about the purpose of, Jesus, of, of uh, the Atlanta CEO Council. Uh, you've been around a number of years, both as an employee, but also working as a kind of a contractor with Peter and helping tell the uh, Atlanta CEO Council story. Well, I was fortunate to be um, uh, working with a a public relations firm, and um, Raj Rajan, who was actually the founder of the Atlanta CEO Council, one of the founders, uh, was my client. And so he had the idea that, you know, we are great about traveling and talking to entrepreneurs and meeting with our peers all over the country, and certainly for, for Raj all over the world. What are we doing to support our um, entrepreneurial group here in Atlanta? We need an opportunity for all of these decision makers and executives that are forming their companies to get together. And so the idea was to create an organization of technology CEOs, C-levels, and um, get together every six weeks or so. Not, not too often, but uh, often enough that you could really connect and, and talk about what was going on in your business, deals that were going down, um, just, you know, make sure that they connected. So I helped get the thing off the ground and um, back in uh, 1999. Then about four years ago, just happened to cross paths with Raj again, and they said, you know, we're looking for somebody to get back involved. And so I tell people all the time, I can never complain because I had the opportunity to work with some of the nicest, most motivated people in the world. As I was at an event last night, and um, somebody asked me if Sig was going to be there, and I said, I don't think he's going to be here but, you know, he is the most generous person, and it's just been such a pleasure to get to work with him closely this last year as uh, the board chairman because he is incredibly generous with his time, and that just sets such a great example for all of our entrepreneurs. It's, you know, we have been so fortunate that we've had so many successful entrepreneurs, and we've had some great companies founded here, but they need to follow the example of Sig and Raj and a lot of these other folks that have stayed involved in our organization that you do need to give back and you need to make sure that next generation is coming along because we want to build that next generation of great companies. You know, that uh, wasn't even a line of questioning or something I thought of previously, but I think you made a tremendous point. And um, having watched at the beginning with John and Raj and, and Sig and, and others, uh, Billy Parker, I think, in the right. early Billy days. Billy Parker, Karen Robinson <laughs> was Karen involved. Robinson. And, um, yeah, we had quite a crowd back then, and, and they're still involved. I mean, I think that's what's so important. They have still continued to be involved and be terrific advocates. And it, it's interesting because I've been around this industry for almost 30 years, so I'm old too, but... 
you know, you're just seeing this whole uptick, I think, in enthusiasm. Um, one of the things that we have done in the last couple of years is really reach out in partnerships and try to uh, cooperate more with the other organizations, and one of them has been the Metro Atlanta Chamber. And so they have really made it their um, um, MO for this next year to grow who's already here, and that's something that we've been really focused on. We want to see all of the companies that are here expand here. You know, that our mission is not to go out and recruit. We want to make sure that the companies that are here are successful. And so that's what, in our organ, or in, when we get together and meet about every six weeks, that's what the discussion really um, is about. You know, who's successful? How can we duplicate that? What can we do to expand? Um, so we've got several things that are really focused on that at this point. So. Well, again, to reiterate the point, um, I think about a young guy like David Cummings who you know, was coming to the council when he was just a young guy with Hannon Hill and kind of getting off the ground. And, mm -hmm. and I guess it's the example he saw with Sig and Raj and so many others that David has just had a tremendous uh, financial windfall and yet, instead of cashing out and going to the beach, he buys a building to create an incubator to help the next generation of entrepreneurs. I think he probably learned some of that being around the CEO council. Oh, I, they, no question that he did. And David is a great example of what we need more of in the community. And that what the council is trying to promote and instill in people that will give back to the community in various ways where it is through building more businesses, through investment, or whatever it is. I'm real excited that um, I think it's two weeks from now we'll have uh, David and uh, Kyle Porter and Johnson Cook to talk about not only the new company, but also to talk about the Tech Village sure. and what they're doing and the tremendous work they're doing in the uh, building there at uh, Linux Circle and, uh, and Piedmont. But Harriet... Well, and, and I do think that you're seeing a lot of enthusiasm. I was at Startup Riot just a couple of weeks ago, and um, that was amazing. You know, a 1,000 people were probably there. You, you were there, Ricky, and Sig. Uh, and um, it was just the, the energy and the buzz in the room. I had this young boy, I thought he was 12, but he did tell me he was actually 22, <laughs> who said, you know, we're working with all these different communities, but every community around Atlanta is trying to create an incubator. I mean, people see this as a great way to have good jobs. We want to keep the smart people that we have graduating from all these universities here in town. I mean, they are the ones who are building the wealth, the security. We have the quality of life. We have everything that we need here, and we want to make sure that we keep all of that, those great minds here and we just don't know what those next great companies are going to be. Right, and I would encourage anyone who has not done it to go on a tour of the village because David is running tours every day, and you can sign up to go on a tour, and I would highly recommend it. And I think I just read somewhere where, uh, I'm trying to remember who it was, that just moved into the space, and it was somebody that I thought, well, that's odd, but it was, it's, the more you think about it, it was a great mix, and it'll come to me in a minute after we move on to another subject, I'm sure. It's that uh, I don't have Alzheimer's. I have parts-timers. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of goes and comes. Yeah. But, uh, but anyway, I think that, the, that Biltmore at the Startup Riot and Hippotamus downstairs, right. okay. and now we've heard that uh, Stephen Fleming and ATDC is now going to start spread out and have a, a wider footprint in the Midtown area. 
that's really, really exciting. And uh, I just think between Georgia Tech and all the other things, and uh, you know, just it's just an exciting time to be in Atlanta. And I think the CEO Council has been a catalyst to a lot of that over the last, what are we, 12 years old now? Right. This is our 13th year. 13th year. Yeah. Uh, well, you're right. And, um, I mean, we've seen some of the, um, the folks that are the entrepreneurs in residence at ATDC mm-hmm. now were executives who were coming to our organization or coming to our events. They were able to, you know, exit um, very successfully. And so what you're seeing are those very successful entrepreneurs had a career, had a company, coming back, working with ATDC and other incubators to make sure that these other folks can learn from those who've been successful. One of the things that I've seen at the council um, over the last 12, 13 years um, is an informal gathering. There's uh, just recently you started a formal program before for 15, 20 minutes, and I want you to talk a little bit about that. But the majority of the night is basically uh, wine, Coca-Colas, uh, delicious uh, lamb chops, uh, good food. But, but there's, it's not structured for an hour-and-a-half program and a few minutes to shake hands. There's a lot of shaking of hands and conversations go out into the lobby and this, that, and the other. And I know of one particular situation where a local company, um, I won't mention the name, but a local company, uh, I saw them meet someone and I know millions of dollars have changed hands between those two individuals. They may have never met had it not been for that night at the CEO Council. Both are successful companies, but they just had never crossed paths, and you gave them that, um, or that platform or that, uh, that opportunity. I bet you've got other stories like that or anecdotal or... Uh, or we, we do. Um, I, I see um, we ask everybody to give their, their business card when they check in and uh, just so we can keep all the information updated. But I see a lot of folks exchanging their business cards, and then I hear, well, I had an opportunity to have lunch with so-and-so. And we were able to talk about, you know, whether they were needing a, a, a piece in their product line or they were looking for an employee or they wanted a recommendation or they were looking at a new market and needed some insight from somebody else who was in a similar market. So you hear about that all the time. One thing I hear particularly from our, our sponsors is, I got to see all of my clients. <laughs> so it's a great opportunity for them to get to socialize. We don't require that people talk about business. It is about developing relationships both personally and professionally. So we do see a lot of that. Um, our one big idea that we're having right before the, um, the actual networking opportunity, we got a lot of positive feedback about that because people said, we do not want to hear yet another business topic so we've tried to bring in some fairly um, unusual uh, research, uh, people that are, are experts in their field, and it's not something that our folks get an opportunity to learn about ordinarily. I mean, they're usually, you know, reading about their own industry. So we've had um, the, the head of the brain lab at Kennesaw State came in and talked about brain-computer interface, which was like magic to most of these folks. Mm-hmm. We had a professor from Georgia Tech come in and talk about biomimicry, which most people didn't even know what it was. It took me a little while to figure that one out. Mm-hmm. But um, it was fascinating because these are things that just stimulate the thought process, and people are interested to spend 20 minutes learning about something new and different. And it also is a great way of breaking down barriers because not everybody is as um, socially apt as you are. <laughs> so, 
And uh, so it gives people an opportunity to get to meet each other, and, and they're sitting beside each other or standing beside each other. They're hearing something that's out of their wheelhouse, and they say, I had no idea. Did you ever think about it that way? And uh, so it, it really does help uh, strike up some conversations. So when we graduate from college or get the MBA or the doctorate, we're not supposed to quit learning? We're supposed to actually be doing it for many years after that? <laughs> it would be nice if we could all continue to do that. that. Isn't that what's supposed to keep our brains fresh? And I tell people from time to time, if they think they have learned everything they need to learn, have a friend or a colleague or a, a relative call Patterson's Funeral Home, come pick them up. They're dead. They just don't know it yet. Uh, that is so true. Um, so, and, and that's the thing. Most of the people who attend our events, you know, these are hard-driven entrepreneurs who are excited and interested in a wide variety of topics. So they really are interested in hearing something that they don't ordinarily get to hear, it's learning something new. And also, Ricky, don't forget that in 2002, we began the Venture Showcase that had now turned into Venture Atlanta. So that in itself had generated probably a billion dollars in investments in companies. And while we don't take credit for all of Venture Atlanta because we do have TAG and we have Metro the Chamber involved in it today, we did begin that back in 2002. So, you know, that is another example of the way we can contribute to what is going on in the community. I had lunch with Raj one day last week, and we talked about the origins of the venture and then how it melded with the chamber and, uh, and what have you. But what we talked about was the a lot of great success stories have come out of that, but the $11 billion success story. And I'm sure you're very familiar with that entire story. The name of the company is escaping me right now, but, but one of the companies actually cashed out for $11 billion, and Raj was very, very um, mm. excited about it. I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll, we'll share that with, with everyone next week. Right. Uh, but it's, it will seem like it was a health care company that, uh, that got its funding, original funding, at one of the first couple of years uh, of, of the venture fund. So uh, if Raj is listening today, call in, Raj. We would love to have that, uh, that answer. What is the number, Kevin? <laughs> The number is 678-638-6253. That's just for you, Raj. <laughs> My wife needs a quarter milk. I'm not going to – please don't call in and ask me to pick it up on the way home. Um, something additional happened. I mean, it wasn't enough that you were creating a better community, that you were putting entrepreneurs and money folks together and uh, service providers and that sort of thing. But for the 10th anniversary, you t took it another level. Tell me about that. Well, for the 10th anniversary, we wanted to do something very special. So we gave a lot of thought to it, and we wanted to give back to the community. And we wanted to do something giving back be up and beyond just giving to the members of the council. So we chose to have a charity that we would give money to. So we chose Devon Clark Academy and we did a Christmas event at their place, and basically we asked all the members of the council who would come to the Christmas event to make a donation to the, chair, to the academy, and we paid for the meal and everything that were incurred, all the drinks and everything, and we had 200 people show up. And so 
Over a three-year period, we have donated over $80,000 to charity because we have continued to do that. And in the current year, or last year, we chose we chose the Junior Achievement to take over San Juan Clark Academy because we felt that we needed to rotate throughout the community to different charities. Makes sense. And we have we had a great event with uh, Junior Achievement the past year, and we'll do them for a couple of years, and then we'll do another one. And it had worked out very well, and it has really gone over well among our members. Well, I know the Ron Clark Academy, uh, I attended the first year you all did that uh, program, and not only did you raise a lot of money those first couple of years, but you introduced mm -hmm. people to Ron Clark, which is like introducing someone to lightning. Mm -hmm. When you meet Ron Clark, you have been changed. <laughs> oh, and you, you have. I'm a great example because I am now serving on their uh, fundraising board because I got very involved by getting by meeting them. I know Dave Gould and his family are very involved, and a number of other people have gotten much more involved with Long Clark. Uh, I didn't know about Long Clark till we did this. So it is a great example of things like that. Uh, same thing happened to me with Junior Achievement. I am I have now been to three or four Junior Achievement wow. event that. I probably would never have been to because uh, because of the CEO Council event. We also recently, about two weeks ago, we had about 15 CEOs go to a school down in um, College Park and uh, do the Be an Entrepreneur program with sixth graders. I think we touched uh, 302. Um, we wow. were able to work with 302 sixth graders. And every one of the folks who did it said, sign me up for the next time. I mean, they took a half a day out of their lives. They did, of course, Junior Achievement is such a great organization, and they're so, they had the curriculum, and so they were able to really expand on that curriculum. These kids were so excited. They were so well prepared. Camp Creek uh, Middle School is what it is, and it was just a terrific experience all the way around. So we look forward to doing some of that again. But, of course, one of the reasons we got involved was because they're building this center. It's called the Discovery Center over at the Georgia World Congress Center, which is going to be the um, Junior Achievement Biz Town and Finance Park, and their focus is to teach financial literacy and entrepreneurship right up our alley. So, of course, this is who we want to support that next generation of entrepreneurs. We want to encourage these kids to go into the science, technology, and math programs. We want them to see, here's where you can be. And I did actually have to tell a couple of our CEOs, you can't wear blue jeans to this day down at the school. <laughs> and they said, but that's what I wear to work every day. I said, well, they would request that you dress up just a little bit, but it gave these guys an opportunity. We have one, one woman. Um, they gave them an opportunity to talk about what their work environment was like, the type of work they do, what did they do in school, how did they get to this point. And it, it just it seemed to really resonate with the kids and the, um, the principal and everything that they had down there was just first class all the way. Oh, it, it was. It was very interesting. I, I was there, and I was talking about investing in companies and entrepreneurs, and one of the kids asked, well, do you always get all your money back? <laughs> and, and I said, no. And she, and she just could not believe that I would not get my money back. And she said, well, do you go out with them? 
And do you garnish their wages and do <laughs> the job? I said, no, no, we, we don't do that. And she just said, I can't believe you, you would lose your money. I said, well, that's just part of the job. So, so you're telling me of those 120 companies that you've invested in over the last 20-something years, you didn't make money on every one of them, say? No, not every one of them. One or two, I did not. What a powerful lesson, though, in taking risk and having courage and persevering. And clearly, too, to be taught by an entrepreneur, that's, I mean, it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yep. But the mission-critical part for us in the technology community, which is this audience here, uh, we desperately need that sort of help in the junior high and high school level. Uh, having work, Working for uh, an IT staffing firm, we have an office full of people right now trying to find people. Uh, unemployment in this country is 8%, 7 or 7.5%, 8%. In technology, it's 1.5 or 2%. We can't manufacture enough people. It's got to come from the young folks being encouraged in the math and sciences to come through so that Five years from now, we won't be in the situation that we're in today. But uh, one thing I wanted to kind of close with and, and transition, um, again, having been involved in a long time, always as a service provider, give me just a little breakdown of the uh, the organizational structure. You know, who can attend the meeting as an entrepreneur or someone that's raised money or who's a money person? And then for myself, I have personally been a sponsor at four different companies that I've worked for because I believe in what the council does, and I think it's the best check we've ever written because you write some checks and they just go for a nebulous something and your name's on a sign, but you've got a group of people who are all heavyweights. It's, it's not the amount of money you spend, it's the quality of the investments you make, and I think that the CEO council is as good as any. So give me that breakdown and then tell people how to get in touch with you and or SIG. And then we'll shift over and talk about GCLA. All right. Well, um, I, I think I appreciate what you're saying about the quality because I think it's the quality of the people who are in that room. I mean, you are talking to the decision makers and the deal makers when you're in that room. Um, the way we work is we do have criteria for actually uh, being invited. It's an invitation-only event. Um, so you have to be the CXO of a company with at least a million dollars in outside venture capital or $5 million in sales. So, and then we do, we will bring in some of the division heads of, of the much larger company, you know, $100 million company, um, if you have significant uh, responsibility for people and budget. Um, we also want to bring in investors, because we want the people who are going to be investing in the gro- company growth to be in that room as well. So we bring in investors. We bring in thought leaders. Um, Rajiv Darwan from Georgia State usually is a, an attendee. Um, you know, some of the folks from Emory. We, we want people who are the brightest folks in the room to be there to have those conversations about what's come, how can we grow our community. The, the service providers, we do limit it because it, we want it to be exclusive. We want to give them exclusive opportunity to this group. So we have different categories, you know, law, um, accounting, um, um, recruiting and search, insurance, that sort of thing. But these are service providers who are committed to this community. It's not just about finding business. It's about they are involved in this community. This is where they live. They are part of the technology uh, activity that goes on. It's the patent attorneys. It's the the um, accounting firms that deal with these companies setting up. Um, so the the um, service providers are invited to, to join if we have an opening in their 
industry, um, and the best way to do that is to go look at our website. It's atlantaceo.org, or email me, and instead of emailing harriet at atlantaceo.org, just mail info, because I don't have to spell info, I-N-F-O, at atlantaceo.org, and I will get the email, and I am always happy to talk to people who are trying to reach this community or want to be a part of this community to bring them in as a sponsor. And we very much appreciate all of our sponsors. We try to um, make sure that they receive an opportunity, and we're delighted to be able to bring you in, Ricky, and have your radio show in our events. It'll give everybody a chance to have these conversations and share what they've learned in that room with, you know, your audience. We're real excited about that. And uh, the very first remote broadcast of Booth 61 will be at the Atlanta CEO Council meeting. I'm not going to tell where it is because we don't want everyone in the world to come (laughs) unless you sign up as a sponsor or you qualify. But it will be uh, next Monday. Next Monday night. uh, The 11th. And if you listen live from 6 until 8, you will hear not only Harriet and Sig at one point, at some point, but you will hear from Raj and many of the leaders in this community, both from the service provider standpoint, but also thought leaders in business and thought leaders from the legal community or the financial services. But, um, you know, as someone, again, has has been a sponsor in four different categories, it is a great investment, and I just urge anyone that wants to meet this audience to really sincerely look at... um, at getting in touch with Harriet as soon as possible. And Harriet, if you and Sig have got a couple extra minutes, could you stick around? Because we might want to do some QA sure. towards the end if you could. Okay, great. Sure. Thank you very, very much. I now want to turn the attention over to a new great friend of mine and someone that we've just met over the last couple of weeks but I've really uh, fallen for. Uh, Tracy Crump is a, is a wonderful individual, very, very kind, very loving, and has a tremendous smile. Uh, she's got an interesting background. She... Um, she came from corporate, and uh, she'd been at ServiceMaster and a little bit at AT&T and, and Terminex, but then transitioned into the not-for-profit world where she's been a CEO of a Girl Scout uh, organization in Memphis and COO here in Atlanta, the Girl Scouts. And Tracy may not know this, but I am one of the biggest supporters financially of the Girl Scouts. I've already bought 15, 16 boxes of cookies this month. And, <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, I've eaten almost all of them. And, uh <laughs> I love Girl Scout cookies, and I, I look forward to February getting here every single year. But, uh, but anyway, uh, GCLA, you have come in. You're the first paid executive director. It has been a volunteer effort up until this point. And I do have to say uh, thank you to Frank Bell uh, from IntelliNet, who really was the visionary of this many, many years ago and created an infrastructure of people to help him get it off the ground. But it was a volunteer effort. You're going to take it to another level Tell us a little bit about GCLA, which is the Georgia CIO Leadership Association. Tracy? I would love to. I love talking about GCLA. Thanks, Ricky. Um, GCLA, as you said, is the Georgia CIO Leadership Association. It is a nonprofit, noncommercial. It's a 5016C, but it is a nonprofit. And again, it's a professional association for top technology executives in the state of Georgia. To qualify for membership, you must begin and be the top technology executive, which is typically a CIO title, but it could be other CTO, SVP, et cetera. And your organization must have annual revenues in excess of $100 million. And by the way, that could be private, public, government, nonprofit. For instance, our board chair is um, the CIO of American Cancer Society, Jay Farrow. So as you can imagine, we represent, our membership represents UPS, Coke, Rollins, Aarons, all kinds of organizations, like I said, across the spectrum is GCLA. And this is also our 10th year, our 10th anniversary in, for GCLA. 
Well, that's great. Um, again, not having been as close to GCLA, not being a CIO, and never knowing anybody that's ever had $100 million, um, uh, I, um, uh, I've kind of watched from afar, and I've attended your annual CIO of the Year event every year. But have, from having known a number of CIOs, I see this as a place that you've created kind of like a sanctuary, a place where CIOs can come and, um, and share ideas and bounce things off of each other where their direct reports are not there, the service provider community is not there. It's basically, and it's a CIO of a $10 million company is not there. I guess that was intentional, and maybe t- tell us a little bit about how all that came about. Okay, and actually, Ricky, that's a, that's a great way to describe it, too, as far as a sanctuary. What GCLA is for our membership, and again, this is for the CIOs, by the CIOs, what this is is a place where they come together, especially when you reference community. This is their community. It's where they come together for networking, for collaboration, for a safe environment, whether it be to discuss um, issues or how best to, to drive a different um, problem or solution. But this is their place where, again, it's a safe, secure environment. And one of the things that I know I am relatively new to Atlanta, and everyone comments on what an incredible community Atlanta is as far as being warm and welcoming, and this CIO community absolutely um, reflects that. And this is a place where anyone who is new to the community and the new CIO in their role, new to their organization, this is what these folks are going to welcome them in and bring them again for that and place to not only learn, and with again, with a peer-to-peer, like-minded set of folks, but to come together in an environment that is strictly for them. That's great. The... Um um, again, I think what you're saying, uh, the CIO community is a giving community, and it's all part of, again, because I was born in Atlanta, I always want to talk about Southern hospitality, but these CIOs have come from all over the world, and yet they've either been infiltrated by our culture or they just got good hearts because uh, you and I were at a United Way event last Thursday night, uh, the IT initiative, and, and we had six, seven CIOs who had plenty of things to do, and yet they came out and uh, a little over $7 million was raised for United Way strictly through the technology community. And that's amazing. And, of course, um, the CIO of Rollins, who is near and dear to all of us, Mr. Uh, Lee Crump, was uh, was certainly in the room, and uh, as well as um, uh, John Cyril and uh, Joe Serber at AGL Resources and uh, and just a number of others. So, yeah. Rock 10, American Cancer Society. Jay Farrow yeah. was there as well. Right. We had quite a few CIOs there. G- great group of people. Now, the big event, um, it is a, it, it's an industry event that everyone attends. It's one of the, the, the largest events in the city. Uh, fill up the Cobb Galleria every year. And uh, it is basically where the industry uh, honors those in the industry. It's the CIO of the Year Award. Tell us a little bit about that and how you break down the categories as to the size and uh, and the actual nomination process because I'm sure you're ready to get some nominations for this year's awards. Yes, we are. Thank you. I'm thrilled to talk about this. First off, too, as I mentioned, GCLA is 10 years. This is our 10th anniversary, but this is the 15th anniversary this year of the CIO of the Year Awards. And as you said, too, Ricky, this is a very, it is a huge event. It is the largest technology event in Georgia. We have sold out for the last few years at 700 folks. This year we will be at 1,000 in recognition of our 15th anniversary. And also, for instance, our keynote this year is going to be Tim Campos, who's the CIO of Facebook. So we're very excited about that as well. Facebook. And I'm not familiar with that. <laughs> <laughs> Ricky, you're probably one of their best customers. <laughs> Sophie Opie's <laughs> on Facebook. 
<laughs> so, but the CIO of the Year Awards is, this is the recognition event for the CIOs. Basically, this is their Oscars. If you are nominated as a CIO of the Year Award, it already means you are an innovator, you have great achievements, you're a leader in, for a, in your organization, in your community, and in your sector. And these are the folks who are nominated that become the finalists, the winners. This is, um, by the way, too, they are, like I said, it's their Oscar. To be nominated a finalist and win, you are judged by a jury of your peers, past winners, academics that are um, from Georgia State. Those folks are all the ones who judge. This is not, not that there's not a place for popularity and spend, but this is not it. You are judged, like I said, based on your achievements. This is, in fact, a very key time to be talking about it because we are right in the thick of our nominations. This is the time until March 22nd that you can nominate a CIO for their achievement and their leadership. And it's very easy to nominate, by the way. You just go to our website, which is georgiacio.org. And that's spelling out Georgia, by the way, but not CIO. Or you just put CIO, not chief. Okay. G E O R G I A C I O dot org slash nominate. And by the way, it's very easy to nominate. It probably takes you only 30 seconds. You just need to provide your information, their contact information, and why you believe in a few sentences why they should be um, a CIO of the year. And then from there, that's all you do. There's a little more work on their part, by the way, that they have to go, but it's, it doesn't take any time to nominate. And if you know a deserving CIOs, and believe me, there are many of them in this community, please go to our website and nominate them. And there are four different, excuse me, Four different categories, global, enterprise, corporate, and then the nonprofit public sector. Pull that out a little bit. Global is it's based on the seats that you have and the uh, the folks that are underneath your purview as CIO. So. Not exactly. It's actually based on employee size. So if you're over 10,000 employees in your organization and you also have a global footprint, in other words, you do business in more than just the United States, then you are a global, you're in the global category. Enterprise are those who have over 1,000 employees. Corporate is up to 1,000 employees, and then, of course, nonprofit and public sector are those in the government, education, and nonprofit sector. So those are our four categories. We also, by the way, do have a Lifetime Achievement Award. There is a fifth winner, and that is someone who has over many years given much back to the CIO community and the Georgia community, and that's our Lifetime Achievement. Just off the top of my head, the last couple of years, uh, superstar icons have uh, have won the first couple of years. Sandy Hoffman, if I recall, and mm-hmm. Becky Blaylock. Um, and Brian Shields. Those and are Brian our three. Shield. Those, we've had it for three years, and those are our three lifetime achievement uh, awards. And by the way, clearly, I mean stars in the environment in the CIO area. No question. Now, if I was to nominate someone, would they know that I nominated them? Well, in most in most cases they do. But if you would did not, if for any reason you don't want it, you want to be anonymous, that is certainly something you, we do need your contact information, by the way, so that we can talk with you. But you can just put anonymous, also say that you would like to be um, anonymous, and then we will not share that information. But in most cases, most folks do want to be, a, do want to know who nominated them. And so we'll share it if you'd like, and we typically do, but if not, you can put anonymous. So if you wanted to honor a CIO you are currently doing business with, or you wanted to do business with by saying they are an extraordinary individual, they would get that message. Absolutely. And, in fact, we already have quite a few nominations coming in, not as many, though, as we need because, again, this is five categories, and we do need um, lots of nominees and because there are so many deserving folks, and there are some folks who are being nominated over and over by multiple people. Well, I would think if I was a CIO in that position and I knew someone nominated me, uh, I'd be an individual I'd want to get to know a little bit better, if whether I did business with them or not because they obviously have some – 
good feeling towards me, and I, I just think that's a good opportunity to maybe get yourself recognized a little bit in, in that community, wouldn't you think? Absolutely, and that is how it works, by the way. Quite a few of our folks who um, nominate also are the sponsors of the award, and they are the ones who are supporting and sharing and promoting their CIOs with whom they work as a, someone they believe is a great achiever, and then to go with them throughout the series of events that lead up to our awards, which will be on November 1st. So everybody mark that date, but November 1st, Friday morning, day after Halloween, so you should be in town, and that's when our awards breakfast will be. You might want to consider beverages that breakfast to be <laughs> maybe something a little salty, and uh, well, we're not going to go there. Whatever uh, you bring in is fine, Ricky, but we're not yeah, going to serve it. Okay, okay. Well, <laughs> we'll serve the, your coffee. Whatever you do with it once it gets there, okay. Amaretta coffee, it's a yeah. good way to start a day. We do it at the OK Cafe every morning. Um, again, being such a huge event, it takes a lot of money to produce something like this, Academy Awards. Um, I would assume you've got opportunities for sponsors to get involved with you as well. We do. Again, great, for, uh, great segue there. Yes, there are. You can be a sponsor of the CIO of the Year Awards. We have three levels, gold, silver, and bronze. And by the way, our gold is entirely sold out and has been now for quite a few weeks. And our gold sponsors are Polycom and Abacus. Cyber, Carousel, and Magenic. So off, and by the way, all of these folks are very supportive of the CIO community. And one thing that's key about this particular um, event is the only way you can be a sponsor is if you are invited by one of our CIO members. And if you remember what I said at the beginning about GCLA, this is a professional association for CIOs, so it is all about them. So the only folks who can participate when we do open it up outside of the CIOs are those that they nominate, excuse me, they invite to be part of it. Because the whole point is, that's basically saying, I value this partner. I've, they've helped me with my you know, solving my problems. I believe they'll be a good fit for you as well. So it's a very prestigious group of sponsors as well, and it's a relatively small group. Give me the email address again to contact you or to go to the website to nominate someone. Okay, the website is georgiacio.org, and again, slash nominate to go right to nominations. I am Tracy C. at georgiacio.org, and that is T-R-A-C-Y-C at georgiacio.org. Anything else you'd like to add about GCLA or any other? Oh, I guess I'll maybe back up a second. Uh, in addition to this opportunity to network, you actually have programs every other month, and I, I don't think we've even mentioned that. Educational programs which are specifically designed for the CIO at $100 million level and company above. I know you had Joel Brennan a couple of weeks ago, who is a guru on security, who wrote a book about the security breaches from China a year and a half ago. I've been reading the book, and the day he spoke was two days after our government released all the information that he talked about a year earlier. I mean, he, I guess Jack Bauer would have reported to him when he was uh, <laughs> uh, in the federal government. So he, 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 that, that, that's something that they couldn't have gotten anywhere, I wouldn't think. No, and that's a, that's a good example. Another part of um, GCLA for our CIO members is this is where they come together for program that, as you said, is geared very much for technology executives. And it's very much geared about inspiration, about unique programming, and about their leadership. This is not a place where they come for a product demonstration or an overview of a particular product. This is where they come for deep program. And for the program last week, um, two weeks ago, excuse me, was, as you mentioned, on cybersecurity, brought in a former inspector general from the National Security Agency and also a best-selling author um, of his book. And he came in and just spoke very frankly and very deep, you know, very much about what's going on in our cybersecurity. And, what, and there was then a great panel discussion amongst both academics and some of our CIO as well as CIOs as well as Jill Brenner about what do we need to do. And I will tell you, it was a very um, the feedback from the event was incredible. It was like 
this was so important that I needed it, but also I had quite a few people say, I am sick to my stomach, and believe, by the way, it wasn't the meal, is what I've just heard about what's going on here. But it was, it was a fabulous program. And any, another thing, too, that we do through our program, and for instance, our program in April will be for another really wonderful nonprofit. Again, our COs, and our, they very are tied to at nonprofits about how they support also with their technology community. This is a nonprofit called Year Up. And the founder of Year Up will be our speaker at our April event. And if y'all aren't familiar with Year Up, that's another, um, uh, go to yearup.org. But also this is someone who, um, an entrepreneur who after he had um, made his money and all that too, went back to give back and he started Year Up, which bridges the opportunity divide for those, y- those youth who have graduated high school or have their GED and for different reasons were not a- have not made it through college, have not been able to get into the workforce. They bring them into Europe and they spend time with them, giving them business etiquette, training them in IT and financial services. And quite a few of our CIO members then hire these interns, bring them into their organization, give them more business skills and experience, and in a lot of cases end up hiring them. So Year Up will also be someone that we feature through our program, someone that our CIOs already care about this organization, and now the founder will be in from Boston to speak with them. That is fantastic. The, um, uh, I was last night at a TAG uh, meeting, uh, CIO panel, and, uh, and that was brought up several different times. And, and, and they're talking about people that they hired, that they came in and gave an internship, and they became great individuals, and they, they gave them the hand up instead of a, a hand out. And, exactly. Uh, and that's just, to me, the way that this ought to, this ought to, be, uh, ought to, be, ought to be done. Um, you know, to the group, kind of, um, I won't get a chance to sit down with this many uh, brilliant, intelligent uh, folks for a long, long time. Uh, we're, we're only in month three of 2013. What was the 2012 takeaway for you guys? What was the 2012 thing that you thought that, wow, that was something that's uh, that's going to change us forever. We, you know, we didn't, we didn't have a 9/11, thank God. But was there anything particularly? Um, you know, to me, I thought uh, the sale of Pardot was a was a huge thing for the Atlanta technology community. But anything that uh, that grabbed you, and you know, everyone doesn't have to answer. If you have something that you think is uh, uh, would be worth sharing, I'd love to hear it. I think Pardot, but also there were several other deals that went through. And, um, you know, so you did see some pretty successful exits this year. Um, I do think because of the election, you also had a good bit of uncertainty. And um, once the election was over, it, it didn't seem to be so much about which way it went, just at least have some certainty so that you could make plans moving forward. And it just seems like people are, are optimistic this year um, because – they do know what to expect. Uh, so, you know, I just I just sense a general enthusiasm um, from most everybody throughout the community that I've had a chance to talk with. And also the whole idea of we're proud of our community. And, um, you know, people want to see this community be successful and grow and also to be recognized as this is the place where you want to be. Yeah, I, I agree with Harry. I think the uh, you had a number of companies that got sold. You had Virtue that got sold. <laughs> you had Bing that got sold. You know, you got Paradox that got sold. So you had three very good assets last year. So, you know, if that trend can continue into the current year and move forward, you know, that would be a very good sign. Well, in addition to uh, David Cummings that we've talked about earlier, who will be our guest here in two weeks, 
Who should we be keeping our eyes on in 2013? Who should we be looking at the Business Chronicle and the AJC to see what are they doing next? Certainly AirWatch has got to be one. Um, well, you, you know, yeah, that's an yeah. overnight success, sensation, 10 years of overnight sensation, <laughs> and uh, raised a tremendous amount of money just recently before, I guess, a public offering. Right, $200 million from Insight Ventures out in New York. You know, great deal there. No question. What else? Who should we be thinking about or who would be a 2013 name that maybe none of us know that you're keeping your eye on? I don't think Irvosh is listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, Irvosh, I love you. Well, so Sig's the investor, but, I, you know, I do see that um, the healthcare industry, I mean, we are going to see more changes and we have more growth in that. Mm-hmm. Mobility, certainly with the AirWatch, but you're also going to see more people around that. Um, financial technology, security. We've got a lot of things going on, and I know Sig is very interested in the security companies that are coming along. Um, he probably doesn't want to get too many other people interested in some of the companies <laughs> no. he's invested in because yeah. a little exclusivity there. Well, you, you still got Flashpoint, you know, with the Georgia Tech Inc. Uh, accelerator program that you're continuing. Mm-hmm. They were running their new class right now, so uh, got opportunities coming out of there. I think there's a lot of uh, activity. I think Jen and all of the young ladies that uh, are involved in Startup Chicks, I think they've got some great programming, um, no question about that. But think about the, the announcements in the last several weeks of Big Nerd Ranch. Uh, Big Nerd Ranch does development. They're tripling their size of their staff. GM's building a new hub. Um, I know EY? EY building a huge Cloud facility. Uh, Cloud Sherpas. I mean, mm-hmm. we just... There's 2,000 people right there that we've talked about that don't live today in Atlanta, Georgia, or at least they're going to be difficult to find. So hopefully um, we can find these folks somewhere uh, or we can get them to migrate in. But is there anything else particularly that uh, has grabbed your attention before we wrap it up for the day? Not not really. Uh, nobody's just jumps out as far as a superstar, but we do just see a lot of people working hard every day. They're making money. They're supporting their employees, and they're solving problems in healthcare, in financial technology, in security. So we just see that continued process. Well, I think the great part is, um, like this show today, uh, but like United Way last Thursday and TAG last night, and uh, Atlanta CEO Council next week, and a couple of weeks from now, GCLA will have a program. Uh, there's a lot of collaboration going on, and um, it's just going to breed more growth. I mean, where, where there's activity, good things happen. And, uh, and so to me, if you are listening to this in Kalamazoo or Los Angeles or Silicon Valley, Delta is ready when you are. <laughs> Come on over, because we could use you. It would be great to have you, but... Uh, This has been a great blessing for me personally to have Harriet and Sig and Tracy with us today. And and thank you all for being here very, very much. Thank you for having us. Thank Thank you you so much. Yes. It's been a lot of fun. Um, My coffee cup's empty. Booth 61, we got to grab another cup. I want to close today with a little benediction from the book of Numbers. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Amen. Thank you for dropping by, and next week we'll see you for a fresh cup of coffee in Booth 61.